The title of my sermon is God is always in charge. Amen? Praise God. And I want that to be at the forefront of our mind and our heart as we go on this journey together this morning. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Kings 17, and we're going to be reading verses 8 through 16. 1 Kings 17, verses 8 through 16. I'm reading the NIV translation. It's Elijah and the widow at Zarephath. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord our God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, do not be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make me a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Wow, what a powerful story for us to consider as we go on a journey this morning. I have three outcomes, three goals that I want to attain in our time together this morning. Number one, I want to strengthen your faith. Number two, I want to enlarge your heart's capacity. And number three, I want to deepen your trust in God's promises over your life. So let's start by exploring the background. Let's take a moment to set the scene. This woman is seemingly destitute. Scripture does not give us any visibility on how long she had been a widow or even how that had emerged in her life. We don't even know her name. We only know her status. She's a widow. We know that she has at least probably only one son. Times had changed for her. The drought had swept the land and her life had become bleak and barren. She had got to the end of her natural resources. She appears completely resigned to her fate, death with her son. And I wonder this morning, are we in that scenario? Do we feel that we've got to the end of our natural resources? Does our outlook look bleak and barren? Are the challenges completely overwhelming every part of our life 
that causes us to have no hope. And what I mean by resources, potential friendships, your finances, your job, your career, ministry, friends, family, have all those things dissipated, even disappeared and somehow diminished, perhaps as a result of COVID or other challenges this year. But what we do know is she was a believer. And yet the Lord permitted her anguish. Ow! (laughs) Breaking news. God allows us to go through trials once in a while. I'm really sorry to break that to you. But that is her reality and that is sometimes our reality. Do you know why? I believe that God allows moments of distress, moments of anguish, turmoil, to manifest in our lives for only one reason. So that conclusively, what is truly in our hearts, friends, is ultimately revealed. Because there's often a gap between what we say we believe, what's in our heart, and what we ultimately then choose to live out. And in doing that, I think with this widow, the same is true for us. But you know, the best thing is, through the trials, through the testing, he is continuing to work out his divine plan for your life. Can I get an amen in the house? It's true for that widow, it was true for Elijah, and it's true for you. Be encouraged. If you find yourself today navigating your way through a litany of trials, God has not forgotten you. He is not ignoring you. He is preparing you for victory, breakthrough, and freedom in Jesus' name. But before we get there, we need to deal with some of the challenges, some of the feelings, some of the emotions that can sometimes seep into our hearts and lives. Because it's blatantly obvious that this woman has lost hope. Is that you today? Have you lost hope? Has your hope been fragmented, eroded? Where do you find yourself? I think that this woman lost hope because she saw her life through her natural eyes, through the natural lens of her own life. She saw what she had, and that was it. And I wonder, is that our default thinking? Is that what we apply to our lives, friends? Do we naturally look at our life with what we have or don't have and think that that is all that we will ever have or not have? We have an alternative. And that's to look at our life through the supernatural lens of Jesus Christ. That's our portion. Because this woman only looked at the water and the bread that she possessed. She allowed that to define and dictate to her. I think if her eyes were on the Lord, she would have viewed her life with fresh hope, renewed confidence, greater courage would be her portion. Which means we must avoid those pitfalls today, friends. We cannot anchor our hope in the things of this world. We cannot attach our trust to the temporary, fleeting things of this world. Two things are certain to emerge if that's the case. First of all, our faith will flounder and then ultimately fail us. And then we will retreat to the margins of life, society, where we no longer make the impact and the influence that God has called us to make in the body of Christ. We must assert and affirm our faith in God, that he will never leave us 
or forsake us here. There is not a single person watching today, whether you're here in the building, whether you're watching online, that can present any evidence to me or anyone else that God has failed you. None. You might think that he's failed you, but I know that he's not. Because God is good. It is not in his nature or in his heart or in his character. But before we go on this journey, I think there are a number of parallels between this widow and potentially us today. So I want to make a few observations. First of all, she, like us, hopefully, was a believer in the one true and living God. Secondly, she had genuine and very, very clear felt needs, be it for food, resources, finances. And I anticipate a similar number of us today have similar needs, maybe even identical needs to this woman. Number three, she was asked to demonstrate faith that caused her to have to reach beyond her current levels. And that's uncomfortable, right? Nobody wants to have their faith stretched if it creates uncertainty. We, we are built for comfort. We are wired for comfort. And yet God is wanting to stretch our faith today. God is wanting to enlarge our territory Increase our capacity to love him and take him at his word. But here's the fourth point. She, like us, I pray, was acutely aware of God's promise to provide for her on one condition. If she obeyed. Obedience, tough thing, right? It's a really tough thing. We struggle in our own hearts with that. So here's a thought for us. God chooses in this particular scenario, in this story, to use a quiet, unassuming, humble individual to further his kingdom. I think God does that a lot more often than we perhaps think. Are we conscious of that today? Because as I said, we don't even know this woman's name, but God had chosen her. Let us not lose sight of that today. The same is true for you. God has chosen you to be a willing vessel for his glory. Are you aware of that? Are you conscious of that? Are you responding to that today? Or is that just something, oh, that sounds nice, Scott? No, God wants to use you for his glory. The question, my friends, is are you willing? Are you obedient to that? It's great having an awareness of it. It's gonna require a little bit more faith to take that step into obedience. Now, this widow also had some visibility, I guess, of who Elijah was, but she had no idea about what God was going to do in her life. And ultimately, he changed her life potentially and probably forever. That should excite us as we embark on the rest of this year, the few days that are left, as we go into 2021, God is going to do something great in your life. God is going to break through. God is going to cause victory. God is going to bring abundance and provision in your life. Hello? Amen? Amen. This is your portion. This is what the Word of God says. But the question for us, are we aware of it? Have we positioned ourselves to receive it? Or is it just a flimsy thought that you think I'm conveying at this moment? Because what we believe in our heart will transpire in how we subsequently choose to live our lives, the actions we take, the things that we do, the places that we go, how we choose to live every part of our lives. Now, I've got to tip our hat to Elijah at this point. 
our focus will very much be on the widow. But Elijah had a lot of faith here. Very clear, we read it in verse 8. This man demonstrated complete obedience and faithfulness to God. There was no hesitation, no questioning when he was told to go to Zarephath. It says he just went because Elijah had absorbed the word of God deep into the recesses of his heart. He left no room for personal agenda or ambitions. That's a word for someone. We're going to have to surrender in 2021 some of our personal agendas and ambitions and align ourselves with God's plan for our lives. There's no room in the kingdom of God for I'm doing this and you're doing that. No, no, no. We are one family pulling in one direction. Broadly, broadly, to plunder hell and populate heaven. That's the goal. Amen? Elijah presents complete trust, complete confidence in what he was being told. You know, when we choose, and it is a choice, free will, to align ourselves to the epicenter of God's life and God's plan for our lives, we have nothing and no one to fear. The Bible is very clear. Perfect love casts out all fear, every form of fear in any capacity and magnitude over your life, gone. Why? When we embrace the perfect love of the Father. Now, perhaps we struggle to be at the epicenter of God's will for our lives. And here are a few considerations. I'll be honest, they're mine (laughs) in my own life, so maybe they apply to you as well. Maybe previous disappointments have marked and eroded our ability to trust in God's benefits and God's words. Perhaps we also forget. Don't you find yourselves doing this? I find myself that I forget sometimes the times where God has blessed me, the times where God has broken through, the times where God has produced a miracle in my life. Five years later, it's just, I don't even remember the details. And I think we need to learn to remember God's benefits. We need to learn to remember the things that God has done in our lives in previous years. The third thing is I think we find ourselves sometimes doubting God's desire or capacity to provide for us. Now what causes that? I think we blame ourselves for our perceived failures. I think we develop poverty mindsets and I think we have an over-reliance on self. We've got to break a poverty mindset over our lives. It's not our portion. It's not what the Bible shows us. And now, it doesn't say that we're all going to drive nice Mercedes and live in 20 million pound houses. We will have all sufficiency in all things. So we may not necessarily have abundance, but we will have sufficiency. You will have enough for today, guaranteed. Amen? And perhaps at the epicenter of our struggle to be at the center of God's will is the fact that we have not yet experienced God's manifest power operating to full capacity in our lives. When was the last time the power of God shook your entire life? If you have to think about it, it was a while ago. We need a fresh outpouring of his power in our lives so that we can align ourselves with God's plan and God's purpose, so that the things of the world fade away and we find ourselves once again aligned with his purposes, committed to his plan, sold out for his kingdom and praising God in every opportunity of our lives. 
So these, these are some of the things that cause us to lose focus, cause us to have a lack of appetite in trusting God to be our provider. Now, here Elijah has arrived at Zarephath. Now, he's pretty clear he's met the correct widow. I'm guessing that this lady was the right, the right person. But then he makes his move. No introduction. He doesn't say hello. Here is why I am coming. Straight out the gate. I mean, this is a man of bold and resolute faith. I think only Elijah in that moment could have made that outrageous and far-fetching demand. Now remember, Elijah represents God to this woman. And in plain terms, I'm convinced that this Elijah was encouraging this widow to put God first place in our lives, in her life. And I think that provokes an uncomfortable question for us today. Do we perpetually place God first place in our lives? Because every time we intentionally and consistently place God first place in our lives, we have certainty attached to where our provision comes from. Hello? Amen? That is what God provides. But now reality sets in. She has a decision to make. Oof. Do you divide your last meal? Challenging. Not an easy thought to reflect on. This means that her and her son might not even be able to subside the hunger pains that they're currently facing in the faint, feeble, flimsy hope, potentially, of getting something different tomorrow. Shall I do it? I reckon that was the first thought in her mind. (laughs) Maybe that's the first thought in your mind today. Can God do it? This is a man representing the one true and living God. He had promised to provide miraculously for her, but did she really believe it? I think we think like that sometimes, no? I think we know God's promises. I think we know what God can do in our lives. I think we've got a great awareness that God is even desiring to do something in our lives. But there's always that doubt, isn't there? There's that doubt that just creeps in. I don't know how or why, but I think it's often marked from previous experiences, previous hurts, previous challenges. Now, she decides to trust God. Good decision. But I think she had a measure of doubt. Now, I obviously cannot prove this, but I'm thinking if I'm in her shoes at this point, my attitude may have been, well, you know, might as well give it a go. I ain't got nothing to lose, right? What is clear is that she obeyed. In her heart, she chose obedience. When everything around her, her natural circumstances, even what she's feeling in the depths of her heart, may have said, Mm-mm, no thank you. It went against everything that was probably on the epicenter of her heart. So I want to take a moment to pause here. Place yourself in that woman's scenario today. What would your response be? Think about it. Your natural resources have come to an end. All seems lost. Some guy you don't even know, you have no personal friendship with this person, appears out of nowhere and says to you, hey, 
Can I have half, more or less, of what you have left? Oh, and by the way, you're going to serve me first. What's going on inside you in that moment? I reckon it would be a, <laughs> a concophony of voices and thoughts and feelings. Do I, don't I? What's the benefits? What's the consequences if I don't? I'm hungry, but this guy represents God. I mean, you can imagine the tension back and forth, back and forth in her heart and in her mind. And yet, in spite of her own desperate plight, her struggle, she obeys. She goes to get the water. She does what God invites her to do, to trust him. But I think the second request would have stopped her in her tracks. Oh, by the way, um, while you're on your way, please bring me a piece of bread. That is where the faith is tested. Only faith tested is faith worth possessing, friends. Nothing else matters. But what this also shows to us is that God will often provoke a response from you or for I before he discloses the miracles that he does in our lives. So that he can get all the glory. Because he wants to know what is really in the depths of your heart. He wants to know, not just that you trust him, that you trust him completely, wholeheartedly, every day, day by day, week by week, month by month, and year by year. But let's give her some credit, this widow. Her first response was to believe. She knew that Elijah represented God and she believed that that God was real. But the reality is her faith would have been weak at that moment, no doubt decimated by the recent drought and the immense trials that she had been facing. What is clear is that she was straight up and honest. She looked at her life through the natural lens. All she could do was to convey what she possessed in the natural realm. And I wonder, in our own situation today, is that our response? Ah, that's all I've got. I've only got this little bit. We only see our lives in the natural. We can't see beyond the borders of our natural lives to see through the supernatural lens of Christ that our God is good, that what is impossible with man is possible with God. And so we live our lives in the natural, not the supernatural. God can do a tremendous amount with just a little. Faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. But the request for bread for this woman must have forced her into fresh and deeper levels of faith. It is uncomfortable and uncompromising, but it is exactly what God expects of us. Never settle for comfort over conviction in your journey with Jesus Christ. We're not built for comfort in that aspect. We must live out the conviction that we have in our, li in our lives. Now, the first emotion that this widow demonstrates to Elijah is fear. I wonder, in our own journey, when we are called to step out in faith, what's the first emotion? Fear? Uncertainty? Doubt? Worry? Anxiousness? 
a litany of thoughts and feelings and emotions start to gather up and stir up in our hearts and lives that might cause us not to take that step of faith. I mean, the fact is she doesn't say that she is fearful, right? But Elijah says, don't be afraid. He doesn't mention anything else. No other emotional feeling is expressed. So Elijah discerned by her body language, her facial expressions, something. He discerned this woman was fearful about stepping out. And I think that that's the case for us on more than one occasion. Because, you know, the moment God wants to catapult you out of your comfort zone, lead you beyond the borders of your current levels of faith into the unquantifiable depths of God's love, I think fear might emerge in our own lives. And if it's not the first emotion, it's going to be up there. But we need to move beyond that fear into faith that God is who he says he is. He will do what he says he will do. Now imagine how she must felt. Instructed to make Elijah food first, then she can continue her own pitiful journey in dealing with the hunger and the plight of her own likely starvation with her son. The default response would be to protect and preserve self. Yes or no? I'm putting my hand up. (laughs) I think that's our natural response. Our natural default attitude will be, hang on a minute, I've got to look after myself. I've got to think about myself. That would be the case, friends, if we are thinking, living, and operating in the natural realm. So much more is accessible and available to us when we start to live in the realm of the supernatural. It's easy to trust God when things are going well, when you've got abundance, when provision is at every turn in your life. But reflect for a moment, what would you have actually done? Because let's be clear, Elijah is not backwards and coming forwards here. He leaves this woman no outs, no excuses, nothing. She's got a choice to make. Rubber hits the road. Yes or no, are you in or are you out? I think God is a little more gracious with us. Thank God for that. But what is clear is Elijah was strong and steadfast in his faith. He was determined to communicate one way or another to this woman God's faithfulness and God's loving kindness towards her. And yet all the evidence that was available to Elijah said, this woman is not going to do it. But Elijah had certainty in his heart. He knew what God had called him to do, why God had sent him there, and he was going to fulfill the responsibility and the remit that he had been given. No wavering, no compromise. We need to be like that. Friends, I cannot conceive the catalogue of emotions and thoughts that this woman would have. Wrestling, arguing, discussing, perhaps even negotiating. Anyone ever done that? I find myself doing that with God from time to time. When he asks me to do things, and I'm like, yes, I will do it, but to this point, no, no, that's not what he asked. When he asks you to do something, he asks you to do all of it, not the parts that you want to, or the bits that you enjoy, or to a certain point. That's not faith. That's certainly not obedience. Partial obedience is not obedience. That is disobedience. Only full obedience is ultimately obedience. What is clear is that for this widow, her faith is under immense scrutiny. She's going through an extraordinary trial right now. Now, we need to be mindful. She does know know Elijah, she doesn't know Elijah personally, or even that God has chosen her. 
But what we do know is she has a mother's heart. It's an interesting distinction. Which means, I would think, that her primary concern would have been for her son, not even herself. And therefore, in the back of my mind, when I think about my own mother, I suspect that God knew that this woman would somehow find the courage, the steel, the tenacity, the resolve to be faithful, if nothing else than for what that faithfulness could produce in her own son's life. We need to start thinking like that a little bit in our own lives. What this proves to us today is that God does and can use people to perform his miracles. Can I get an amen in the house of God? We may not have full awareness of what is happening. We might not even have the slightest clue, but good news, God does. And this widow chose to put her faith and her love into action. So be encouraged today. God is deeply desiring to use you exactly where you are right now to further his plan and his purposes in your life. Question, are you ready? Are you positioned? Are you prepared for him to use you? Because for this to be achieved, we've got to become like that widow, obedient to God's word, full of faith and possess a willing heart. And the Lord God Almighty will work through you and in you. Because otherwise, friends, the inherent risk is that we miss out on the blessings of God doing the impossible in our lives. But that is not our portion. Because God knows what we need for our lives. Do we trust him enough to yield control over every part of our lives? And I think so often as Christians, we think we know what's best for our lives. And you know, we're fundamentally wrong. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's just me. I, I find myself quite guilty in this area. I think I know me best. Just being honest. Not saying that's my position today, but that has been my position in my journey with Jesus. But I don't even know myself. God knows me way, way better than I am ever, ever going to know myself. Even on my best day, it's a drop in the ocean in comparison to Christ. And I think that that's what we need to explore and think about in our own lives. We need to align ourselves that God knows what we need and we need to embrace that and only that. That's exactly what this widow did and what was produced. A huge reward. Scholars, theologians, they argue she got the equivalent of two and a half to three years worth of food for one meal. I mean, that is a healthy return on her faith. But what do we find? God provides, but he doesn't just provide, he provides supernaturally. This widow could not fathom in her heart that the little that she did have was already more than enough. Think about that, friends. The little that you have. I'm not even talking about your resources. I'm talking about your heart your character, your nature, the gifts, the talents that God has placed in you. Oh, I'm not as good as so-and-so. I can't sing the way this guy sings. No, no, no. Do you know that the little that you possess, whatever that is, in whatever arena and area of your life, it's already more than enough? But we, we, we don't think like that. Why? The Bible tells us 
It's already more than enough. God can do a little with a lot. I wonder, we've got to get rid of that stinking thinking in our lives. Here is the reality. God alone supplies all our needs. He uses our little bit of slice of faith that we have and he builds it up frame by frame, day by day, week by week. But you know, he also demonstrates to us what he has already supplied for us. Do not dismiss or ignore the little bit that God has placed in your hands. Amen? That little is exactly what we need in that moment. And God maneuvers things into place, whether it's people, scenarios, situations, to bring about his plan and purpose over our lives. Even if we don't see it, he's working, he's moving, he's functioning, he's active and involved in every aspect of our lives, all for his glory. God has already made provision for you in every aspect of your life. What are you trusting him for today? He'd already demonstrated it to Elijah. He said in in verse 8, in our opening verse, I have directed a woman, a widow there, to supply you with food. You've already got the provision. It's already available. God always provides. He always has and he always will. He will continue to give us what we need now and into the future. The key for us is to be more aware of his presence. We have to surrender our default response of embracing worry, taking control of the situations ourselves, or fueling fear through what might happen, but probably won't happen. How many times, again, it may just be me, but how many times have I thought, oh my God, this is the worst thing, this is going to happen? Hundreds. How many of those things actually happened? A tiny, tiny percent. And even then, Romans 8, 28, 28, God makes all things work together for good for those who love him and those who are called according to his purposes. So God uses unlikely people and sources to accomplish his purposes. I'm sure every one of us can testify to times where we had need and that provision came from something or someone that was slightly unlikely or unusual. That is the Lord revealing himself through other people at this time. So what actually happens for this widow? She sees an absolute comprehensive manifestation of God's provision. She went away and did what the Lord told her to do. There is no record of her hesitating, refusing, bargaining. Are you willing to be that level of obedience with God today? Are you prepared to set aside your uncertainty, your fears, your worry, and embrace God's promises over your life? It's very simple. This woman willingly gave and obeyed at a huge personal risk. All of it hinging on the promise of God. Nothing else. And she was handsomely and richly rewarded for that confidence. Now, are you here today considering, well, where's your next supply coming from? Where's your next breakthrough coming from? Where's the next level of provision in your own life coming from? Are you worried about your bills, your financial situation, your job, your home? Know this, friends. God's supply for our lives will never fail when we have faith in him and we are obedient to his word philippians 4 verse 19 and my god personal identity my god not some god my god will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory in christ jesus you know our god is a promise keeper we may only get a daily supply we may may receive an abundance like this widow God is limitless in his capacity to meet each and every one of your needs. One thing is certain, you will have 
sufficiency. And what did she find? She found that her flower jar had more flour. Her oil jug had more oil. And it goes on day after day, week after week, for months and months and months and months over her life. Simply put, God did a miracle. Amen. <laughs> Hello. Are you needing God to move in your life? Breakthrough is coming, friends, by faith. God has made a promise and he is going to deliver on it. Whether you believe it or not is almost irrelevant. God does not need you to believe in order for him to do it. He's going to do it. He wants your faith. He wants you to stir yourself up. But your lack of faith makes no material difference to God's ability and capacity to provide for you. Now, I am convinced that life for this woman was completely different after this scenario. The God whom she knew only from a distance was now very real, very personal, and had demonstrated his care over her life. Does God still do that? 100%. That's the nature of our God. He cares about us personally. He knows the number of hairs on our head. He reaches out when we are devoted to him. God provides. God is in charge. He always has been and he always will be. He will meet us with our needs both for today and into eternity. And here's the best part. God wants each and every one of us to receive his provision with confidence and childlike faith. But are you positioned in your heart for that today? Are you living day by day in humility and humbleness like this widow? This story should reinforce and reaffirm that God is sovereign over all. We should be able to trust him in every facet of our lives. So as we come into land here, a few questions for you to take away, to reflect, to consider in your own lives. Do you find yourself in a situation today where you have a potentially life-changing decision to make? Perhaps it's about who you marry. Perhaps it's about where your next job is, in or out of this country. Perhaps it's about whether you buy that flat or the other. Are you finding yourself at a juncture in your life today where you need his direction, where you need his provision, where you need his guidance? Do you feel overwhelmed by the enormity of making such a decision? You know, indecision is a decision. So by choosing not to step out in faith, you're not exercising your faith. You know, perhaps you're also at the end of your own efforts and energy. If that's the case, this portion of scripture should give you a wonderful reminder that God is perfect in all of his ways and his will for your life will come to pass. I'll be vulnerable, I'll be honest. I did some real analysis and reflection in my own heart as I was preparing this yesterday. I ruminated on the number of times that I had consciously or subconsciously ignored an opportunity to do something wonderful for God. Whether I was paralyzed by fear I didn't have all the facts and the information, so I didn't feel sufficiently informed to make that decision. I wonder how much more could I have extended and influenced the kingdom of God if I just stepped out in faith every moment. So I hold my hands up as an offender in this arena. But you all know what I'm talking about. I'm sure you've had similar scenarios, similar divine opportunities that God has put right in front of you. But for one reason or another, you've not stepped out in faith. Be a testimony testifier of total trust in God. I'm convinced that there are precious people watching online today 
the need to take that bold step that I took almost 18 years ago. The decision that you need to make today is to place your trust in Jesus Christ and not your own strength. The first step for boldness for you is to trust wholeheartedly in him. Just like a small baby trying to walk, until you take the first step, there are no other steps. You will never make progress. You will never become all that God has called you to be and created you to be until you take that first step. But it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to cause, we're going to have to stop presenting feeble excuses. We're going to have to move beyond the barriers that we have erected around our own lives. We're going to have to surrender the need to be in control. Only then will we be, will we be perfectly positioned to embrace Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Stop delaying, friends. Stop denying him. He loves you. Start believing him the way this widow did. Take him at his word. The Bible declares that God is not like man that he should lie. It will be the greatest decision that you will ever make. And here is an overarching thought. I have been a believer almost 18 years. I am yet to find a single Christian who has ever regretted becoming a Christian. We might go through trials. By the way, becoming a Christian doesn't obviate the trials and the challenges in your life. But you will find the family of God standing with you. You will find the Holy Spirit, your great comforter, your great enabler. And you will find a way of navigating your way through those trials with greater joy and greater clarity than anything that the world could ever offer you. Why? Because you've got the Lord God with you. This widow represents us today. She embarked on a journey of discovering a God who had seemingly been very distant in her life, was now right up close and personal. Make that your portion today. Never avoid God's ways of maturing you. Bury the disappointments. Move beyond the previous failures. Embrace God's word. Break that poverty mindset over your life. I only have a small bit of bread and water. Demonstrate an immediate and complete obedience to God. Now this was likely to be the darkest day for this woman. She's got one meal max, I reckon, left before she thinks she dies. Maybe that has been your portion for this year, COVID or otherwise. There are endless parallels between us and this widow today. But you know, obedience produces breakthrough. And it is not over until God says it's over. God will always have the final say because God is always in charge. He's going to turn your morning into dancing. Can I get an amen in the house this afternoon? God is good. She had to trust God. And the same is true for us today, friends. Let God's grace be exponentially extended to you today. Every single day, you are going to have to trust him. You're going to have to embrace his infallible word. Any standard less than that, and we leave ourselves horribly exposed to failure and defeat. Let's be clear as we land this afternoon. This widow, her son, and Elijah were all provided for because they went and they did. They trusted God and they comprehensively put that trust into action. And what they received far outstripped their wildest dreams and was of far greater value than simply food. And the same is true for us today. Her faith was tested. Breaking news, God is going to deliberately test your faith to stretch your faith, 
to check the veracity of your faith and the caliber of your faith. A life of faith does not hide or diminish the challenges that life brings, the times of testing, but times of breakthrough, times of provision, times of abundance is close, friends. I'm convinced of it. And I'm convinced that God deliberately sent Elijah to this woman to strengthen her faith, her faith and to remind her that God is always in control. He's always in charge. He rules and he reigns. 